and I'm like, hey, I'm your neighbor. If you need me, I guess ask me for something. <laughs> but other than that, kind of leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Oh God! If you need anything, let me know. Well, I'm a good neighbor. I tell. I go. I go. I'm a good neighbor, but I'm an absent neighbor. I'm not around right. that much. Right. Don't ask if you. You know, all my email, all my information is available. Yeah. Uh, if you smell weed, yes, it's me. <laughs> Don't call the cops. Don't call the super. It's just me. We can work this out. Okay, relax. It's almost legal in New York City. Let's calm down. It's not 1978 anymore. But I've been telling them for everybody that I meet down through the years, I'm like, look, if you really need something, I will help you. But don't ask me for too much. How long have you been in that building? 22 years. How many people do you honestly know uh, past just saying hi and, wow, it's a nice day outside? Well, there's 30 people in three buildings joined together. So it's it's uh, two apartments on each floor. Three buildings, five floors, 30 people. Uh, five or six people. I know my neighbor. She's wonderful. She lives right next door to me. She's absolutely amazing. She doesn't cook that Indian food, does she? <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. But she is, you know, she is a really good cook. She raised two kids by herself. She's a professor at Barnard. And so, but for 22 years living here, it is really fun at random moments to walk in the door and I'm like, ooh, Kathleen's cooking something good. <laughs> My, my friend lived in Framingham, Massachusetts, and uh, there was a lady that cooked Indian food, and it would just smell up the entire floor. Now, I like Indian food, but that stuff will, will smell long after uh, you're done cooking and eating it. Well, hers is mainly, yeah, it's not that. It's totally, it's fried chicken, and nice. I mean, she, does, her, she, she was married to a Canadian dude, and you know, Thanksgiving in Canada is a month before us. Yeah. It's in October instead of November. And I used to, she used to make me play every year. Every year when they were married before she caught him. <laughs> no, she. I came home one day and his shit was in the hallway. She wasn't playing. Not at all. And begrudgingly told me the whole story, but I saw his shit sitting. I'm like, oh, something's going on. Oh, it's going down. <laughs> Not as good as above me where... Uh, 20 years ago, the person who lived above me, he was the back half of Mr. Snuffleupagus on Sesame Street. For real? Yes. It takes two people to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah yes. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And he was cheating on his wife, and I found out like five years later, the dude in the front part of the suit was also cheating on his wife. So they were in the costume together, <laughs> cheating. <laughs> Can I break this down, though? <laughs> I got to break this down. If you're playing the the ass part... Right? I guess. I don't think you should be cheating on, on anything. Well, you know, that's me with you. I'm playing the ass part. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, do you have neighbors that leave stuff in the hallway? No. No, they're really pretty good. You know, they let them, you put baby strollers in there, that's allowed because you don't want to be dragging that up and down. But no, they're really, you, you can't even, they told us about a year ago, you can't even have a placemat anymore. It's a fire hazard. Oh. Somebody might trip over it. Right. No, I had to move my shit indoors. No kidding. They get completely out of control with these buildings. It's, it gets ridiculous. But I have a neighbor, 
And I'm a, I, I am a very good neighbor, especially because I have kids and I want, I want my kids to play with other kids in the building because it's convenient. And my neighbor had a, a little girl that's the same age as my son. And we're like, ooh, this is going to be great. You know, he could knock on the door. They could play a little bit. It would be, you know, get him out of our hair for a little bit. Uh, she turned out to be not a nice person. <laughs> she turned out to be extremely OCD, I think. Because she would complain to the building every time we left something outside our apartment in the hallway. And I'm talking stupid stuff. Umbrellas, right. uh, shoes, maybe gloves and hats in the winter, maybe an occasional scooter from one of my kids, right? And she would complain every time, and I would have uh, the security knocking on my door. Duh, duh, duh. You got to remove the stuff from the hallway. It's a fire hazard, like you were just saying. And I'm like, all right, who's the rat? And... I have people in the building that really like us, and they finally told me who the rat was. It was this lady obsessively complaining about us. I don't even understand. I think, actually, you and I ran into her on the street one day, and you were very cordial. <laughs> even because you knew all this, and you told me basically what you just said, but you were as sweet as you could be on the street. And when she walked away, you told me everything. Did I tell you the story of her kicking our stuff? No. All right, so... It was winter. We we left all the kids' stuff out in the hallway. Gloves, hats, their boots, you know, let it dry out in the hallway. And all of a sudden we hear some commotion and my wife looks through the peephole and this lady, like a lunatic, is kicking our kids' stuff as hard as she can as she waits for the elevator. And, and then here's the other part of that. Then her little kid that we thought would be nice, you know, friends with my son was following the mom's lead and kicking my kid's stuff. Well, you want to teach your children to be an asshole. <laughs> I guess I guess you just want to lead by example sometimes and be a giant dick and show, yeah, that's horrible. And then we, you know, obviously we caught a red-handed because we're looking through the peephole, so my wife opens up the door really fast and goes, what are you doing? And she goes, well, she now she's pleading innocence like she didn't do anything. And I'm like, uh, my wife's like, well, how did my kid's stuff you know, uh, uh, get thrown all over the place unless you were kicking it, which I know you were because I was watching through the peephole. <laughs> well, you know, and what happened? She was nice to you on the street that day, so she was, did she act embarrassed and feel bad? And No, she was as stoic as they come, and she just denied, 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 and I, I got right in her face. I'm like, don't fucking kick my kid's stuff anymore or we're going to have a real problem. And the weird part is the the husband I, I get along with. I think I remember that part of the story, yeah. too. I do remember that part of the story. But, well, the shit didn't levitate and move itself. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, it's, yeah I, I'm glad I've never gotten any of that. I, I, I kind of get the feeling that he wants to tell me, look, man... I can't, I can't, I can't control her. I, uh, you know, kind of staring at the floor. Yeah, because he gives me these looks like, yeah, I've tried, bro. This is all you now, man. Well, you know, then you got to be the bad guy, I guess, in the building. Have you ever had a real job? No. I mean, Same here. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, two jobs in 10 weeks. I, I came close to a real job. I was in ship, shipping and receiving at Xerox up there in Rochester as a temp to hire. That's nice. Uh, but besides that, then I worked in a video store once. I had I sold long distance for six weeks, and then uh, I worked in a... No, I hadn't done anything in 33 years. Yeah, so, I mean, I was a caddy, and then I, I worked in this video store when, when you know, the, the VCRs and the VHS tapes first started, when, you know? And um, 
my fraternity was up the hill. It was, it was at my college. I was trying to make some extra money. They would come in and just take the VCRs. We only had three to rent out, and they would take them and, and put them up in the fraternity house for, you know, a week at a time. And my, my, the owner of the video store is like, why aren't you renting out these VCRs? <laughs> Well, I had work when I was young. When I, I did, I, I worked for the city of Oxford, where I'm from. So we cut the grass in the middle of the highway and picked up trash in the, in the median. And we 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 rolled, We built a nine-hole golf course. And we, we we laid the greens. And uh, but not since. And then when I was in college, I worked for the intramural department. My job was I was an intramural supervisor. Ooh. So all I had to do, I had my own golf cart, and whatever in the in the fall and in the spring. In the fall, it was football. In the spring, it was softball. During the winter, it was basketball. So I just rode around on my golf cart, and I'd show up, and I'm like, are you all the Kappa Sigs? Are you the Lambda Kais? Here's your ball. Here's your referee, blah, blah, blah. And then I would uh, roll on to the next field. That's not a bad job. It was amazing. When I worked in the video store, too, um, I was a hero you know, for Geneseo. That's where I was at the time because that was the only way you could get porn. Oh, really? So, and, and once again, though, the fraternity brothers would come in and just wipe out the porn or decide to put one on and hang out with me while I was working. <laughs> but I would put the porn on and we'd hang out, whatever, because that was the only way you could really see porn at the time. And then we would begrudgingly have to turn it off when a mom came in with a little kid to rent a Disney movie. Well, you know, that's 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 life in the big city. <laughs> that's how it works when you're rocking it at SUNY Geneseo. <laughs> and the owner of the place, he was so annoyed that he had to come from Syracuse, which really isn't that far. I'm trying to remember, maybe like two hour ride. He was so annoyed that it had to, he had to come to come from Syracuse to Geneseo to fire my ass. Oh, really? He so that that was his only beef was that he had to drive. He couldn't do it over the phone. He had to drive two hours to tell you to stop it with the shenanigans. I don't remember all the details, but I remember specifically that absolutely he drove all the way to, from Syracuse to fire me, and he made sure he told me how pissed off he was that he had to drive in to fire me. And the uh, the reason was that his numbers were dramatically lower. <laughs> because y'all were grifting. Yeah, yeah, because the fraternity brothers were taking the VCRs <laughs> and wiping out the porno. Because, you know, that, that was uh, big business back then for those video stores. I remember that was the first time I saw porn was when I was in college, I think. And some some girlfriends of mine actually had a neighbor that found something, and we all sat around. And nobody, it was just more weird than anything. It was old 70s porn, you know, 80s, 70s porn. I got you beat, actually. When we were in high school, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I think people will relate to it. Because now you say you do this, people go, "This that just simply doesn't make sense. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to set this up and defend myself before I say what I'm about to say. But on Long Island, there was a Bayshore movie theater that showed porn. Ah, the old school. And so me and my buddies in high school would go, right, hey, you want to go to the Bayshore movie theater? We would all, you know, pick up everybody, get a, a couple six-packs of cheap beer, liquor up a little bit, and then we'd go into the creepy theater to watch porn. That's how I, I first saw porn. Uh, we This happened also when I was in college. We It was on Saturday night at 12.30, midnight, you know, way after, and... My friends and I tried this a couple of times, but then the weirdos in there, like, masturbating and stuff scared us so bad we quit going. We went in there like seven or eight regular people, and there was just three old creepy dudes with the long overcoat on something. And we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> we definitely we definitely felt all that. Uh, and it was, just, it was just weird, but 
I'm talking in the 80s, man. It made sense at the time that this is what you did to, you know, because you didn't want to go in the, the porn theater by yourself because you literally felt like you would be assaulted. Well, that's where we had the, now we had the drive-in in my town when I was growing up. No, no, yes. no. And they would put it, again, only on after midnight, and we all knew in high school where to park our cars up on the side of the hill. Where you don't need the volume. No, no. <laughs> is that really true? That's totally true. This is also, and Ron White told me, remember his story, where he had the same thing in his neighborhood, and the dude called him. And they remember his mom told this story on our show, because they were running, the dude caught him, and they were running, and Ron's friend was skinnier than he was, and he dove under the fence and crawled out, and Ron's fat ass got caught on the fence. <laughs> and so they got him, so they had to call his mom to come pick him up. And Miss Barbara told this, she's like, bless his heart. He was just so, he was like a little hog under that wire and couldn't get out. <laughs> totally good. I, I'm jealous of these kids today because, you know, you just turn on your phone and there's the porn. We've really had to search it out. Oh, you had to work. Well, these guys, and a lot of comics I've heard, and they have really good jokes on this, where the premise is that, that you know, we're an accessible generation for click, click, anything gross or weird you want to see is available to anyone on their phone. And so now when these teenagers start having sex with somebody, if they go to straight porn mode, they look like weirdos. You know, we were just making out and trying to grab a boob or something. They're they're doing chirping bird and <laughs> ever kind of odd. <laughs> People don't even know what's. You're like, we're 18, dude. What's going on? <laughs> That's funny. My move when I was growing up was I had a paper route for a little while, and then one day I saw like um, like old yeah. magazines and newspapers are all tied up in bundles. And I was thinking to myself, man, there must be, I think I was officially looking for any type of magazine, you know, for free, because uh, I, I grew up pretty poor. And I would I would take some of these bundles with me to the woods and I would, you know, cut the twine off it and see what I got. It was almost like uh, uh, storage wars. Like a grab bag, right, like a, totally, it's yeah. a, yeah, $5, whatever you get in the bags, whatever you get, right. And uh, one day I hit the jackpot. Some dude was throwing away all his porn magazines. I went, holy shit. And then it became my full-time job to try to find more of this. <laughs> That's well, right. We were, I still remember the dude in my neighborhood who used to do this. And he didn't know, we all laughed because we were talking about, because this was basically Playboy, Penthouse. That was basically it, Swank, maybe, or something gross. But we, you know, O-U-I. Yeah, yeah, sure. And we had the dude that was doing what you were doing in our neighborhood. He went, we were talking about all the titty books that we liked. And he's like, and somebody said, you know, we is pretty good. And he goes, oh, if it's as good as O-U-I. <laughs> he, he didn't know that O-U-I was pronounced we. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Danny Capone. I still love him. He's a good man. OB Radio. I'm o for two Wait. bringing girls around Vic Henley. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I have nothing to do with... Remember you went when you took my wife on a first date in Philadelphia? No, she was stung, Henley. She was drinking a lot. She was drinking a lot, and I was working, and yeah, it was just... Yeah. You know, Marie, Marie had a buzz on her. Totally. Yeah, from I, since 1994. <laughs> <laughs> she was a fetus. <laughs> the year fetal, she was born. Fetal alcohol syndrome. Oh <laughs> that explains it now. That explains the size of her head. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, 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 God.
fun joking. You take a, you take everyone to the wood chipper, which is Opie's career. Yeah, right. That was like Vic, a lollipop hit. You, you, you do a little soft hit, right? right? And Vic's like, oh, I guess it's on. Yeah. And then he hits her with a nuclear warhead. Yeah, like I'm like, like little soft hits. He's yeah. like, Marie's a man. <laughs> Where did Dr. Strangelove come from? Uh, well, uh, but we Nick, were just jabbing, and he but, went for the... Uh, the Vic Buster is an Douglas. out of control mining cart. Just oh, going to yeah, yeah, Come on. Yeah. Once you're out of the picture, all bets are off. Is all I'm saying. So, if you've got any kind of birthmark or a limp, you know, it's, it's turning into everything uh, possible. So, uh, so back I, to Nick. Yes. Back yeah, to I hear an accent in, uh, in Nick. So, so I, I never grew up, but I got bigger in the UK, in London. Uh, moved here in 85. I don't get. You're a lot, a lot like Vicky. Let me. Th yeah. Decrepit and old. Is no, what no, saying, no. Man. You've been. In <laughs> we both came here at the same time and still have our accent. <laughs> That's what I think is. Thank what you. That's what I was getting at. Because. <laughs> well, yeah. I've been drinking, so it comes out more. When no, because because Vic tells me he goes home to Alabama. And uh, and they they said, oh man, you lost your accent. Vic. They they really that's, genuinely that that's how me. stupid they are. They're like, we we don't even know who you are. <laughs> I go, I know who you what are. What are those things on your ass. legs? Those are trousers. <laughs> <laughs> like my Cuban family, like, oh look at Carl with glasses and a hat. <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> yeah, must be. Calls nice. all fancy, fancy now. He zips up his, At know. least you have a mom that still knows your name. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, the what? nuclear option. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's, his mom's taken a couple of hard knocks down through the years. <laughs> OB Radio. In an apartment in New York City where we did have outdoor space like this, nothing beats it. I have electric and water, so yeah. I can actually come out here and sit here and have morning coffee outside. Beautiful. But in between now, uh, you know, you might get a, you might get a little pigeon shit yeah. on you every now and then. We're kind of not like really. We've killed most of them. What do you mean you killed most of the pigeons? They well, we had a bad problem a few years ago in between the buildings. You can't see over there, but yeah, uh, somebody that traveled a lot let them put a nest under their uh, window unit that okay. stuck out. Now, once they make the nest, they're coming back for a hundred years. Yes, and she's gone, and we're touching base with email and phone. We can't, you know, get them out, and they're babies, and they're out there screeching. <laughs> and the president of the co-op lives next door, and he goes, and everybody's mad, and they started trying to figure out. Should they put up the spikes? Right. You do the fake owls. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I got a BB pistol. And so I'm already on the roof uh, coming down the fire screen. I'm going to shoot them. Nestled in pretty good. So it's ricocheting off the owl. Ding, 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 ding. You were shooting pigeons in New York City? I'm trying to. Uh, off my roof. When I, <laughs> and I was over my first 15 shots. I said, yeah. let me go let Judd in. Hang on. But I'll, my, my neighbor calls me. He goes, okay, I know what you're doing because we've talked about this. But yeah. there's a thousand buildings around us that could call the police right now and go there's a man on a roof with a pistol oh my god you're crazy and i, and I went oh i never thought of that yeah of course because <laughs> it was a bb pistol it was oh you still have that southern in you well, i love anyway, it you then, I, then i scaled down the fire scrape and took a broom handle and raked the nest out yeah and then beat the babies to death and then the parents came back later that day and then uh we i shot them with the pistol and then they're all gone there's like there's only one tree left where they could sit here and poop on us, and so you, you beat baby pigeons. Absolutely, to they're vermin. They're what do you mean they're vermin? They're vermin. Well, unless you want to make pate out of them, but hang on, <laughs> all right, hang on. Let me let Judd in. He's he's been on a beer run for you for twenty minutes. I hang understand. On. I on. wanted one right, beer and right. it became a thing. Uh, it did because you beat uh, I know. Uh, and Judd is uh, Vic Henley's neighbor. But anyway, in there, hey, you can enjoy a New York City siren as Vic Henley lets Judd in. Podcast noises. I'm kind of creeped out that Vic Henley just admitted that he beat baby pigeons to death after uh, 
trying to shoot him from the roof of his building with a BB gun. Oh, my God. I can't kill anything. What's up, Judd? What's up? We're in the middle of podcasting, man. And Vic Henley just told a horrific story about killing baby pigeons. I don't think you could kill anything with the with the word baby in front of it, Vic. Okay. I'm, I'm very... I'm, baby I'm, cobras. Uh, baby cobras. Baby anaconda. Nope, baby anything. No. Nope, dead, dead, nope. dead, dead, dead. I mean, I felt very guilty when I was trying to get mice out of my apartment when I was infested. No. And uh, they got stuck on the glue traps. Yeah. I, I pretty much broke down in tears. It was so damn depressing. And you're out here beating baby pigeons. Well, if we want to stick with... I think I've told this story to you before. Yeah. Speaking of the glue trap, my, my first apartment by myself, yeah. I had a mouse. And I've been there about a year, and I'm watching football on Sunday, and he comes out of the closet, he runs right along the wall, yeah. and he dives in the box yeah. uh, of the air conditioning. You know, everybody's got a window sure. unit, unless you're, you know, yeah. rich like you. So, <laughs> so he's disappearing, and I'm sitting there, and I'm so lazy, I watch him all Sunday run back, and he stays right against the wall. And the closet is sealed off. I'm telling you, Houdini couldn't have got out of this closet. Right. So after about the fourth run, I take everything out of the closet. There's not a crack there. I mean, it is pristinely sealed, and he ain't in there. Yeah. And so I go, well, I'll go get a glue trap. So I put it on his path and went to bed about 3 o'clock in the morning. I heard, eep, 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 eep. <laughs> and I went out there and turned the light on. There he is. And I'm like, I was so happy. <laughs> I brought him straight up to I-11. I'm like, you motherfucker, you're about to fucking die. Wow. And um, then I went over and I opened the window. Yeah. I lived above. I was three floors up. But there was a restaurant that had a big roof garden in the back. I, I really wanted to throw him out the window gently and hoped he would drift down and land with the glue trap flat. Yeah. And then I was going to watch him out the window die over the next three or four days. Oh and then Because I knew bad weather was coming. I right. knew. And every day I'd wake up. I'd get my coffee going. I watched it turn into just a rotting bone carcass. Oh <laughs> And it made me so happy. That makes you happy? Well, because he taunted me for like a month. Yeah, I thought- it, was, it was on for a month. And I know it's a mouse, and I know it doesn't matter. But I, first of all, I was just happy that, I'm like, that I helicoptered him down gently. Yeah. Yeah. Then he lands, and like, then well, I'd leave town. I'd come back, and it was just a little mini dinosaur mouse bone exhibit. That was, that was <laughs> what was so left? Great. It's so that funny. so great. This reminds me of a few things, Vic Henley. So <laughs> one of Dennis Leary's bits that he stole from Bill Hicks. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, Depends on which one. Because you said it was just a mouse and it doesn't matter. And Dennis Leary has Certainly. that famous bit about we only save the cute animals. Ah. Right? Sure. So, but Not to in you, this case. They're all vermin. But if you're you, vermin, you're vermin. You're on the level. You're on the tree of vermin. Yeah. But, I don't care if you're a deer or a snake. Yeah. <laughs> Some snakes are helpers. I'll switch it. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, yeah, but after that horrific killing baby pigeon story, I, I was thinking you were going to go somewhere else with the mouse like it became your pet. No. Because I had one mouse. what you're thinking of the sugar gliders there is <laughs> well yeah of course that's the exception to the rule. of course but but i had a mouse in my apartment and, and my first thought was i'm going to keep it as a pet Mm-mm. my thought wasn't to to kill the thing mm. until i realized i was infested and then you know all bets right. were off now you know now we have to play out this war in my apartment now my neighbor kathleen who has a phd is a professor at columbia she always tells me that if it's better to have mice than rats because they don't live together. Yeah, if I know. You, if you, I didn't know that one. I so heard she, that. You know, she's the one, and then, uh, yes, right. Mm-hmm. Now, my mice thing goes back to, again, I'm sure I've told you this. The original mouse story is we had one in our house when I was a kid. And so 
Mike and Terry are gone, so I'm probably about nine. Yeah. No, no, I'm probably about ten. It doesn't matter. But um, and we see him just like the one in my story. And it's just it's driving my mother insane. And she said the glue trap didn't exist back then, so she's setting up the old school traps everywhere. And she's listening, and she finally. He made a mistake, and he got trapped in the air vent that's above the stove, right. you know, where you turn the fan yeah, on. Of course. There's like a little tube thing. Of course. And um, I thought I told you this one. No, word. I haven't okay, heard this so, one. Okay, so no, so <laughs> she hears him beep, 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 just like my story. It's the middle of the night. It's just me and her. Yeah. And she goes, oh, my God. She's been after him for three weeks, just like me. And so she goes, get a pillowcase. And uh, go from the back, from the things that are rag. Go to the rag yeah. pile and get something she's about to throw away. So I grab this old pillowcase. And I walk in the kitchen. We got all the lights on. She's got a screwdriver. She's taking the fan apart. Yeah. And she's making me hold the pillowcase beneath it. And she goes, now look, when this screw falls out, the, the unit's going to fall into the pillowcase. And so will the, the mouse. Yeah. And he can't climb it because it's cloth. Sure. And so sure, click, last screw, bang. There he is. Now we got him. She reaches right down in there, pulls out the piece, and puts the screw back that goes with the stove. Yeah. And he's in there, and he's scrambling, and he's scrambling. And I'm, like, I'm looking at him, and he's just adorable. He's <laughs> just a little mouse. And so here we go outside. She doesn't say a word. And so, so I'm just watching. She walks straight to the front door, unlocks everything, goes outside. Our garbage can's right there at the end of the driveway. Yeah. I'm just traipsing along behind her. And I think I, at one point, I'm, I really believe she's going to turn him loose in the yard. Or yeah, do something. sure. No, no. Right when you get close to the garbage can, she winds up the pillowcase three times whack right on this concrete big blood splat another whack like opens up the garbage can and drops him in I'm like, all right let's go to bed problem solved don't come into my house mousing around you guys are a violent family <laughs> well at this point we got to say hi to judd who's vic henley's uh neighbor what's up judd what's up brother hey, how, are you? how are you good thanks for the modello by the way i appreciate sure, it not yeah. a problem i uh can you relate to what uh, vic was saying well, I think it's kind of funny. The the smashing the mouse with the pillowcase is way more humane than what Vic did with the mouse trap. <laughs> he was more into the long, elongated death. Right. I mean, shit, in college, man, I, at A&M, I had just like a crappy house with rats everywhere. It was a constant thing. Yeah. You know, so I I, I just dealt with all the rats and yeah. replastered all the right, shit. Right. And all that. But I mean, they were mammals. I mean, these were large, large animals. Uh, ran in between my feet when I was standing in the kitchen one day. Oh yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, rat, rats are scary. My my brother lived kind of up uh, in this area, Vic, a, a little further north, when he first got out of college, and he was sharing one of those shitty apartments with, with three or four other guys. It was only a one bedroom, and uh, they were tough rugby guys, and they were infested with rats. And my brother would tell the stories where they would come home from the bars and then go to battle with the rats. And, and, and it, turned to a, it turned into a sport for these guys. They would break out the frying pans or whatever. They get baseball bats, and they were really into hunting rats in their one-bedroom apartment. I, I had a thing where one of the rats, <laughs> one of the rats that I caught. No, I got 80 of these. I got 800 <laughs> of these, trust me. One of the rats that I caught on a glue trap there, it was like the glue trap wasn't big enough, so it was like full-on alive and just stuck. Well, my, I had a big, like, rubberized water dish for my dog in the backyard. I was like, fuck, I'm just going to drown the fuck. Oh, nice. And I turned it upside down. Nice. And it's, like, thrashing. And then I'm like, oh, shit. And my dog's just looking the whole time. <laughs> He's, like, in his water bowl. But then right. I just, like, put my hand on it. And I'm like, Shh, go to sleep. Right. Go to sleep. But yeah, you yeah. turned his food, yeah, his water like, bowl into the gas chamber. The whole time. <laughs> like, yeah, shit. That was a constant thing. My brother Mike had been kicked out of every apartment complex uh, on Valley Avenue in Birmingham, Alabama. 
he's at his ninth one because he was always just fudging on the rent and getting kicked out. So yeah. Now he's down at the worst one ever. But he's still, because they've let him in somehow, he decides they're going to have a big pool party, barbecue and everything. So they've invited the whole crew down, go to the thing, bought a bunch of food, came back, everybody's drinking, splashing, carrying on, having a great time. They realize they're out of bun. They got everything, but they don't have the buns. Yeah. And so all the food's put away. He's like, oh, my God. So he sends so-and-so to the store, come back. They're all in there dancing around, carrying on an hour or so goes by. And uh, he was, well, I guess we ought to get the grill going and make some of this food, you know. So they go back in, and when the dude went back and got the buns, he didn't put them in the fridge or nothing. He just walked down and laid them there on the kitchen table. But I mean, like, you know, three 18 packs. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's 40 people. It's going to be a big, you know. All of them have been torn into, and not little mouse nibbles. Like like a dog got on the table and ripped giant baseball size holes in every one of these. And there's rat shit all over everything. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they call it exterminators. The guy comes over there. My brother loves telling this story. Classic Mike Hanley. He goes, Hillbilly guy. Guy, you know, coveralls, the whole thing, with his canister of death on his back. <laughs> right, right. You know, all kinds of traps in a van. Orkin. It was Orkin. Well, all I can tell you is a rodent that's capable of biting uh, this big of a hole and uh, getting to this up on the. These rodents can lick six feet in the air and bite a human being on the face. <laughs> I don't know if I'd continue with your barbecue. <laughs> All I know is a rodent this large is capable of jumping. <laughs> so now they're like, everybody out. <laughs> right, right, of course. Party's over. Party's over. <laughs> we, I didn't tell you about New Orleans. No. Oh, man. It was wonderful. I did. I was there for a weekend. Wow. I think I joined a funk band. <laughs> I'm not sure. They're young. But right, if you, know. you want to... You know, live through like a zombie uh, apocalypse. apocalypse. Excuse me. Yeah, you go to New Orleans for uh, Mardi Gras. The level of of drunkenness down there is insane, and everyone is on the exact same level and can barely function and communicate by the end of the night. I got on the elevator. It stops, and a cop gets on. Yeah, full on. He's it's a cop. It ain't security. He's a New Orleans police officer, and he's putting a dip in. And I go, well, I feel safe for these next three floors. <laughs> yeah. He started laughing. And I didn't ask him what he was doing, but I'm like, I go, is this your beat out here? And he goes, yes, it is. I'm like, so you've walked Bourbon Street. I go, how long? He goes, two years. I go, God damn, just in two years, there's got to be a me. He goes, oh, there's countless. Yeah. I go, hey, you know what, man? Stop. Let me tell you something. I'm like, fuck a fireman's calendar or a police calendar. How about find the guy at the, at the Picayune that writes the crime beat Gather all your cop friends together. It's called Tales from Bourbon Street. All the money goes to any police charity that you wanted to. Yeah. I'm handing you gold right here in the lobby. <laughs> no kidding. And he looks at me. He's like, "That's that. a goddamn good idea, Vic." If, if no, he would say Vic, but he said that's yeah. a goddamn good idea. If he was putting dip in, you know, he was getting ready to, to, yeah. oh, to, to, to <laughs> crush in some skulls. <laughs> He's ready to focus. I'm like, I was more focused yeah, on me. Was, right. Yes, he wasn't listening. I'm like, I'm handing you gold. He's like, yeah, yeah, another drunk fucker. Like, All right, have yeah. a good night. Yeah, just yeah, go see your, go join man. the funk man. <laughs> my favorite, you know, Baton Rouge, LSU is about an hour away. Yeah, go down I-10. Another. My favorite LSU story is years ago. We were, I mean, 20, 30 years ago, we're at an Auburn LSU game and carload of us. And my friend has, we're all hammered. And my friend has jumped the curb. Because it's all backed up, and he realizes if he just jumps the curb and goes over this little patch of grass, turns it the other way, then it's clean and green down the other way. Yeah. And uh, we do it, and then here comes a cop on a horse 
behind us because it gets so jammed down in there that they do have them. And so he, we got pulled over in a car by a cop on a horse. <laughs> he gets out. <laughs> swear to God. I'm, I was in the back seat. We're all shit faced. Why would you stop? They got a principle you got Because you can ain't, we can't, no, you don't run from the police. No, I'm, I maybe on foot. That. I'm not even on foot. I'm going to, you I know. understand all that, but you can't let a horse pull you over. <laughs> but so, he, but no the dude, what. he's, he's tall. It's not, you know, we're in some little beat of like Mercury Bobcat, like right. five of us. <laughs> right. And he, uh, he gets out and he comes over and he's like, come on. And we're, and we're like, he goes, let me, I got to give you the whole test. You want me to just give you a ticket? For jumping the curb and he's like josh all right we were just, just jammed and we saw it was clear that way and he goes somebody in there is drunk i could get all y'all out of there and my friend in the back pulls his driver's license out just sitting behind him uh, the passion of uh, the driver's seat sticks his arm out the window tells the cop, he goes just put this one on mine <laughs> <laughs> and the cop even laughs the cop just, he's like it's not that. a credit card dumbass he goes now everybody out of the car that's just Oh, that was it. After that was the signal. That's what that's, he was going to let us go. Yeah. And then that happened. He goes, everybody. And then right when we were all coming, I fucking, think you got to let everyone go because that's such a funny, unique line. Well, in perfect movie <laughs> right? timing, yeah. in perfect movie timing, well, he got like a <laughs> his thing goes off, and he looked at us and he goes, "It's your lucky day." We were literally opening the doors to get out. His radio went off, and he was, oh, "Lucky wow. day, fuckers! Don't stop jumping curbs." I got, and he galloped off. <laughs> Some, somewhere else to something way more important than us. <laughs> Just put this on mine. That's I'll, a great line. It's <laughs> a great line. I think if you're a cop, you got to let them go. I always thought, like, you know, we all we all try when we get pulled over. And I feel like if you give the cop a, a chuckle or an original line like that, that they should let you go, right? I've always believed in that. But that's yeah, because, not I mean, the cops have heard the same goddamn if you, if you can make them literally again. get a gut laugh. If you come up with something original. After they've heard a million, I yeah, agree. A million man, percent. Come on. A million percent. A million percent. Exactly. <laughs> come on. <laughs> What's your story about, then you have the, uh, did the cops come when y'all hit the cow? He had a cow. He's got a. Oh, well, no, they didn't come. That was how we got away with everything. Oh, okay. Wait, what happened? No, that was uh, that was in high school. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, we used to, small town, South Texas. We used to sneak out our parents' cars before we were 16 and drive all over town and pick up beer and, like, do whatever. So we got me and this good friend of mine. He comes over, and then we I take my parents' car out to his cousin's place out in the country. He's got a, his mom's with this guy, and the, uh, it's like they're... It's like a stepdad, and he's a shitty person, and you know, just we need to get him out. You know, yeah, bad relationship. You know, yeah. like got to go get terrible, Ricky. You know, <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so we go over there. That's one of and, those. <laughs> we drive, we drive out there, and I've got my parents like Junker Pontiac, right? And so we get over there to pick him up. It was a brand new blue Camaro in the driveway, like when they became sleek, like the new, like modern sleek, like the first time they became sure, there, yeah, and it just glowed. And I'm just like, oh shit! So we go to pick up his cousin, and I was like, hey, dude, whose car is that? And he's like, oh, it's my stepdad's. Blah blah. I was like, well, let's sit in it. Like, you know, where are the keys? Like, where so we can get in? He's like, no, we just well, we'll sit in. So we go to sit in. Oh, I started the fucker up. I'm like, all right, we're gonna take this car out. Actually, we pushed it down the driveway. In neutral, to, in neutral, right down to the stop sign, <laughs> and the guy's like freaking out and shit. And I started up. I was like, fuck it, we'll just take it down and back, and then we, you know, no problem. So it's a, like a two-lane highway that was like the old highway, and it's a little like this, and I just open the fucker up. I'm like, I don't care. I think I was 14, something like Jesus. that. Jesus. So I just open it up, and we're going, and, and me and my buddy are in the front, and his cousin's in the back, and we topped a little thing like that, and there's a fucking cow perpendicular to the road right there, broadside, <laughs> broadside. 
there's no like when you grow up in kind of the country you know you don't want to totally hit the brakes when because it takes your car down and the animal will roll up and fuck it up even worse right. you want to try to steer but you want to you know just lighten the impact but not go down but you got to take that fucker out there is was what you're like saying. No, yeah but you can't hit the brake you got to swerve yeah, swerve, right, right, right. swerve and hit better than stop right. and, and maybe he's gonna roll right over it. you well you it know? goes through the windshield a lot yeah, of people get killed that's that what i'm right, saying right. Yeah, yeah, break yeah. hard like that or roll up a lot of people have died uh hitting deer that way they come right through the windshield but there was no time to even think by the time he hit and i barely let off the gas and i hit this fucker at least going 80 plus something like that 80 miles an hour you hit a cow brought straight brought in between his legs straight because he was perpendicular in the road yeah hits the car rolls up smashes the windshield there's blood but it turns out it was none of ours fucking rolls off falls we kind of you know i'm like kind of go into the ditch sideways and it goes it kind of goes in yeah nose first so we're like fucking pitch black pitch black and we're like fucking what's going on (laughs) like this and it's just like you know (laughs) so and i'm thinking i know i'm okay and i know okay you know we're like we're okay we're freaking x we're you know we're fucking kids and we just fucked it up bad so um we get out and uh i'm like okay everyone's all right well the fucking cow was not dead yet and it's just like oh it's suffering fucking i felt yeah i felt bad i felt bad and then my buddy's cousin who's like mean stepdad's was like yeah i mean the cow's like half in the other ditch on the other side (laughs) like he was having a problem so he was and so my buddy's cousin is crying he just knows he's dead because of his like you know stepdad and all this was a dick to begin with i've probably been beating him already like you know what the fuck are we gonna do you know all this there was a fucking uh garden hose and like his 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 stepdad and his mom went to like lowe's or something and got a bunch of gardening shit and so uh they had like a couple pallets of plants like in the back as the trunk popped up in the back and the whole thing and like a couple of like shovels and whatever and uh they had a a water hose and i'm just like we're free what are we gonna do fuck i was like we can just run and fucking just take off oh he said blah 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 blah. and at 14 i decided no we're gonna use that hose and we're gonna put gas on this car and burn this motherfucker (laughs) oh my god this is what we're gonna do barbecue fucking i'm like here who wants flank steak and his cousin's crying still like no fucking (laughs) this is like the cow's still making noise the cow's still not dead It's a whole fucking, but this is like desolate road out in the country. Like it's just us out no, there. No right? one's around. No one no has around. noticed anything. We were, yet. We were probably we were probably two miles from his mom's house, like where we picked him up. <laughs> so sure enough, right? And we fucking we had cigarettes and shit, you know, and put had a lighter and put the fucking hose, pumped it, got it going, doused the inside of the car with the gasoline, and then just fucking. <laughs> let it go and i was like listen to, i was like we're gonna go and we cut through a field i was like look we're going back go inside and go to sleep uh here's the key we took the keys like put the keys back you don't know shit he wakes up in the morning his you know keys are there where's my car some fuckers hop stole know. it or something right? right so i'm like you don't know Sorry, shit D-Line. you don't know shit like that, that that's it what's all it is i would not be able to fucking act that out all he all he had to do was just not know anything. And right. I didn't, we didn't know that he would do it. But right. we also didn't know, like, well, see, and also, like, my dad was county judge in the town over, right? So if I'm getting caught with this, this is going to be, like, in the fucking paper. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, you know, small town shit. And so I'm like, dude, look, don't just, you don't know anything. So we come, 
the father wakes up. We go home. I get the car. We go home. We're like, tell him, okay, fine. We go. I go back home. He gets in his parents' car and goes home. Right. Don't even think about it. Right. It turns out because we don't have like communication with him all the time. It turns out that the guy got up. The stepfather got up. Went out. There, you know, sees us keys there. The cars out there. What the fuck? What the fuck? Doesn't know what. Figure somebody stole it. Like that was what it was. Right. So the kid never said anything at all. But the stepfather, who was violent, was like really crazy. Fucking smacked the mom, smacked the kid, and they he'd been doing that shit before. Just because you know? he's mad, not because yeah, he yeah, was in right. on it. Right, he's just that fucking guy or whatever. Ultimately, we never got caught. But two things. One, after that incident, that led to that uh, his mom separating from that guy. Yeah. So he, she finally got away from him. And then I found out even later that the guy went to jail for like 25 to life for some shit way after that for some reason. Wow. Right. But the so, smackdown because he was mad. Yeah. Right. Triggered. Because so, he was so mad he got triggered and, that then, was the, one of the and then the mom realized it's a bad dude. So it. in a way you uh, destroying right. that cow and burning the <laughs> right. car but probably the saved kid, that kid's life. But the kid that's held. That's great story. He held. He stood, yeah he didn't I'm cave. 14. He was like 12 or 13. Like young. <laughs> he had he to sit fucking held and never said anything and just played dumb you know because the keys were back in the dish. Like, right. when it, you know, whatever. Years later, I said something to my dad about this and told him what happened. Right. And, you know, I was really, I didn't know you told me. Oh, no, no. Just like I was, this is maybe 10 years ago, All something right. like that. Well, where that happened was just one county over, which is like 25 miles, something like that. So I told my dad what happened like that. And he goes, you know what? I remember that story because it was in the paper like there's a burned out Camaro on a country road with a <laughs> dead, dead cow <laughs> in the ditch and it kind of stood out for news at that time you know right. but I didn't know about it what kind of alien like, shit's going on there was no chupacabra yeah, right. You know, right right so ultimately right so the, somebody stole the Camaro and crashed it into a cow and that was it yeah oh so it worked out oh my god what a great story but fucking man. nailed that cow dude he rolled up over that thing yeah junk. we were all crying at one point Judge comes on oh, strong yeah. right at the end of the podcast. <laughs> oh, Holy fuck, shit, man. is that a good story? <laughs> I, I well, learned I mean, not to do that. I tried one or two because I got away with the first. Two. Wait, you, t- you, t- you, you. No, I mean, I just what he's saying. Later, but I mean, la- much later yes, on, you're oh, telling your mom the real the story, and she so. still gets mad. In the past ten years or so, I got away. Like the first one, I, it, she liked it and understood and was cool about it. And, and the second one, yeah. And then it got to the third one, and then she didn't like the third one because we were making fake IDs and selling them. Right. And I don't remember what the first two stories were, but they were equally as harmless. What's what's wrong with making fake IDs you, you and, know, and selling them? We all we all were in search of the fake ID because we, we were doing up. it at school, and right. you know we were then like we it all came to a head years later when one of my friends who uh, the girl who was one of the facilitators in this just happened to have her still in her purse a million years later and went home for the high school football game and got a little too tipsy, and the principal, the assistant principal, whose office. He was so stupid, we ran it all through his office. And he was two rows in front of her at the high school football game, and they got liquored, and he turned around and goes, that's why you're just useless. That's why you're my secretary. And she goes, oh, really? This is when I was your secretary, and pulls out the fake ID and shows it to him, hands it down to him two rows. <laughs> I was your secretary because we ran an illegal ID-making operation out of your office <laughs> for two years, dumbass. <laughs> that's why I was your secretary. 
And so that's part. Of, that's the story where my. That's the part of the story where my mom went. Now nah, you didn't have to be because she likes the guy. Oh, so wow. all the only all she took about it, you didn't have to be mean to Mister O'Shields. Yeah. Why were you mean to Mister O'Shields? Well, Mister O'Shields was a bus driver and he was a dick and right. So fuck Mister O'Shields. All right, I, I got one and then we could end the podcast. <laughs> okay. I, I had a I had a moral dilemma in high school. So the let's just say the gym teacher. Okay. Okay. And because I was an athlete and a bunch of us were athletes, we hung out with the gym teacher, you know, a lot and got to use his office whenever we wanted. Sure. One day we're fishing around his office and there's a cork board. And I don't know, I don't know what made us do it, but we, we moved the cork board and there was a hole Uh-oh. that went right in. <gasps> oh no. Right into the girls' locker porkies. room. <laughs> porkies, a hundred percent porkies. And I know people listening to this right now is like, you're you're just telling a porky story. No, no. this is the God's no, honest truth. Those things work their way in the script for a reason. Go and ahead. Then no. we're like, <laughs> and then we're like, holy shit, blah blah's a creep. He's a fucking creep. <laughs> I he was cool, right? But then we're like, but what do we oh do? <laughs> because now we get the office. Like he goes home, like all right, guys, lock up when you're done, you know. <laughs> And we'd be shooting hoops in the in the gym, and we would have to like you know take care of the equipment, and then you know our job, and the school was in on this, like you know we were allowed to do all this, and you just lock the door and you go home. As soon as he left, and it's later in the day, kind of like now, like late afternoon, we have the the office to ourselves, and and let's just put it, the team practices are ending, and we're like holy, and we would take turns looking in the oh, hole sure. and and looking at all the girls that were in school with naked. And all these years later, I got kind of a moral dilemma about it that I didn't fucking say anything. I know. Well, but know. it's hard because the you teenage, got, you can't, the adult you got mind. the hormones going well, and you're sure. like, am I going to shut this off? No, you're. I how, can't shut this how off. How old you're now? You're what, 62? I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm 70. You're right. 62. So it's hard to process the teenage Greg Hughes mind. That's not That's fair. how I got to look at I, it. I guess so. Yeah, you because. Know, that's what they were trying with Oh, my Kevin God. My teenage anyway. mind is completely different than but, my, you know, my yeah, current mind. But. I would. But we were like, what, what do we do? And then and then uh, you felt guilty. You were looking, but it was such a major turn on. And then you're like, but that means the coach is a, a creep. Yes, and no, I know. I oh, wonder if, now we graduated and got out of there. I wonder if uh, I wonder if it continued after us. I wonder if he ever got caught. I wonder if he finally said, you know what, fuck it, I can't take any more chances. And, it, and he covered up the hole. But it was clear as day that this hole was made. Oh. Well, that's okay. See, well, I'm uh, hanging out with celebrities. <laughs> David Brenner just died. Yeah, we know David Brenner. I don't care. Fuck him. Right. Good yeah. answer. You didn't think he was funny? <laughs> that's his act. We just did his act. We just did his act. Uh, big girl. People are saying Vic sounds tipsy. Oh, I'm hammered. <laughs> Kidding me? Kevin yeah. Brennan really believed that he was working at a car wash. <laughs> I love Kevin Brennan. Right. So he's like, hey, Opie's working at a car wash. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> I couldn't believe they were taking all that shit so seriously. Well, you're not a good we person. We were literally... You're not a good person. You're not a good person. You've never been a good person. I can call 11 people right now on my phone. Absolutely. Maybe. He got you. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Because every now and then I go... I'm sorry if that was too mean. He's like, nothing too mean. <laughs> He's the first person to tell you. Point guard, yeah. 
point guard extraordinaire. Yeah, he is the best. No, he would actually, you know, He's the best. if 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 nobody runs. I ever like had a down where we're not filming somebody in the bathroom. <laughs> And uh, I was taking biology in high school, and the teacher comes up to me and goes, "What's biology in high school in Alabama?" Is it just a it means like uh, no. It means yeah. Don't fuck your sister. <laughs> Celine Dion. Celine Dion is what about a uh, Alanis, uh, Alanis Morissette? Shit. She's a polished. Celine Dion's a polished like fucking pillow. She's no. sang the best song She's in the Titanic. The Titanic awful. is the best movie ever. She's the worst fuck. She may be the worst candidate ever. Why? Why? Gave her husband Why? cancer. You know that, right? Because there's no lyricism. There's no writing. There's no. And I don't even. And I'll give her the voice. But I. He, the I'll voice. Put the, I'll put the fucking. Well, then we get the voice of the voice. <laughs> we don't fucking need that. And I got fired over it. Whatever. So they're like, "Well, you're no, an asshole." So we knows we that. really. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna, if you're leaving the door open, I'm taking it. If you're leaving oh. the door open, I'm taking it. I love. I'm not giving ang up. Angry Vic is angry, full of passion. I love you. In the meantime, Carl's coming to my house for dinner tomorrow night. <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> and you're not invited. <laughs> angry Vic. <laughs> so, what are you talking? You just made that up. Uh, of course. I'm not, I'm not even home tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I missed you, man. I really did. Hey, fuck. I wish I could say the same about you, too. We're spinning it. This works. Ah! There oh. you go, loser. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>